Welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas. Can we call it a blowout? I'm not really sure if we can call it a blowout, but Kansas had a, a pretty dominant second half performance and beat Oklahoma State 84-72. to And this was a fun game for the most of the second half. It was a really close game in the first half. I mean, at halftime, it was 36-36. You know, Kansas hadn't necessarily played all that well. I thought Diedrich Lawson was okay in the first half. I think he had seven points on like 50% shooting. But then in the second half, Kansas came out and really at the around the 15-minute mark, they caught fire from three. I think it was four straight trips down with the three and then one more to give KU a 15-2 run that really blew the game open. And after that, it was really smooth sailing for KU through the finish line. Never really had it in doubt afterwards. This wasn't one of those, like, if you think back to the Michigan State game where KU dominates for a good stretch but then just can't close it out and ends up leaving you know, the door open for Michigan State to come back, but they made free throws down the stretch. But this wasn't really the case with the game tonight. I really thought that Kansas in the second half, I thought you saw a really a, a joy from them that you haven't really seen this season. I think a part of that is playing inside Allen Fieldhouse and just how different this team looks when they play inside Allen Fieldhouse. A little bit also is probably because, you know, Mitch Lightfoot got a little bit more minutes. And that's what he does well is bring that energy. I mean, he's a lot like Ochai Abaji in the way that he brings energy and he works hard and does some of the gritty things that a Diedrich Lawson can't necessarily do, like taking charges, you know, like going up and risking fouls for deal block shots. I mean, because Mitch Lightfoot did foul out in his 20 minutes of play, but he does things that really nobody else on the team can do and I think that this was one of those games where it really showed and KU almost needed it to some degree I mean David McCormick got his first career start but he was David McCormick and you know he was sped up when he did get the ball Um, he missed all three of his shots but you know we can talk about David in a minute, but Mitch Lightfoot really filled in really well in that role as just kind of the plug-in second-half big man. I mean, he started the second half. He led the team in rebounds. He had nine total rebounds. I think five of them came on the offensive end, so he was just a really good energy guy, and I think that that's a part of why you saw so much joy from the crowd, from the team. I think that he brought some of that extra energy that Ochai brings, but maybe you can't necessarily tap into as much because it's just more of a consistent thing there because Ochai's on the floor for, you know, 35 plus minutes. I really thought in the second half as well, KU, it, it's so funny, you know, in the first half, KU goes five of 14 from three, you know, that's 35%, not great. They're shooting a good amount of threes. They haven't shot over 30, I think in a, in a good while, but then the second half, they kind of caught fire a little bit, but went 6 of 15 from 3. But I think that the looks that they got from 3 in the second half were so different than in the first half because of the way that Diedrich Lawson came out in the second half. Right out of the gate in the second half, I mean, Diedrich Lawson came out and scored automatically. I think it was the first two possessions he went down and scored. But Diedrich Lawson really started to get going. And then Oklahoma State was starting to or they doubled him for the majority of the game, but then he was getting even more attention. And you saw for one of the threes that Ochai hit, Diedrich Lawson, it was transition opportunity. 
and Lawson got the ball like the top of the key and the defense, there's three guys on defense, they just sucked right to him. And that left Quentin Grimes open and that left Ochai Abaji open. Now Lawson found Abaji and Abaji made the three. But this was just kind of one play that kind of represented the kind of the rest of the second half where KU was just getting open looks from three and they were knocking him down. And I think that that is the biggest thing for this team. I mean, early on in the Big 12 play, they just could not hit open shots. I think it was against Oklahoma at home, against TCU at home. They got some really nice looks from three, but Quentin Grimes, you know, Devon Dotson couldn't knock those down. But I felt like tonight, you know, they were able to knock those down. And it does feel like that is going to be the difference for this team is if they catch an opposing team on a hot shooting night and they can't shoot threes and they're not making those shots, I think it's going to be really tough for Kansas to win games like that. But I think that today, that was a big thing, was just KU's three-point shooting because that left me impressed because it was a high-volume night for some guys. You know, Dedrick Lawson went three of six from three. Ochai Abaji went five of seven from three. You know, Quentin Grimes went two of six. Devon Dotson won a four. And then after that, a bunch of offers. But having multiple guys make three-pointers, I think is you know not something that you've seen from this team all that often this season. But moving into kind of my player of the game, I thought Ochai Abaji was not head and shoulders because Dedrick Lawson played really well, but I thought Ochai was incredible. Um, you know, after the game, Bill Self said that what a mistake he had made by misevaluating the situation that Ochai was in. And I think that while it, he can say that, I don't think it's necessarily fair to him because I don't think anybody could have seen Ochai Baji doing this. He has played so well. I think that he scored the ball with, with extreme efficiency today. You know, 8 of 12 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3. I mean, just the shots that he got, all of them were just high percentage looks. I really didn't feel like he forced a shot up there. And Ochai does something that I really love, and that's something that you see some of the best shooters in the NBA, some of the best shooters in college do. And it's when they get the ball, they don't hesitate. You know, Quentin Grimes sometimes when he gets the ball, he will catch it, and you can kind of see that he makes his... uh, a split second decision like oh okay what should I do with this should I move it on should I drive should I pass should I shoot with Ochai it feels like those opportunities when he does get the ball you know he's wide open on the wing or has the opportunity to shoot if he's going to shoot the ball he's going to do it immediately and I think that that sort of quick trigger inside of him is great because he doesn't think and I asked him after the game you know what allowed him to score the ball so efficiently you know what allowed him to get so hot from three And he said that he just doesn't think, which I thought is crazy in and of itself, you know, because you do have to think when you're on the basketball court because there's so many split second decisions that need to be made. But when he, Ochai said, when he's shooting the ball, he just tries to shoot it with confidence and he doesn't think. And I don't know how you can do that, but he says he does it. And I think that that shows because you could see that Quentin Grimes has admitted that he does think sometimes when he's going up to shoot or when he gets the ball, when he has to make a decision. And I think that that's just two different things between these players that makes them different because Ochai and Bill Soff has said this, that Ochai is just so beyond his years and you see it on the basketball floor. I mean, in the past three games, he has guarded Jared Culver from Texas Tech. He guarded Dean Wade when KU was in man-to-man defense against Kansas State, and then he spent the second half on Lindy Waters. You know, so in those three games, those three players have combined for 35 points, 
on 14 of 38 shooting, along with eight turnovers. So you've seen Ochai now fill the void, shooting-wise, that is left by LeGerald Vick. You've seen him fill in on the defensive end without Marcus Garrett being there. And that's something that I wrote about post-game, was just how he has filled in in so many different roles for KU in the time that he's been here. I mean, he started off as a, you know, coming-off-the-bench energy guy. Then he goes into a coming-off-the-bench energy guy who closes games. And then it comes, and then, you know, he has a setback against West Virginia, doesn't necessarily play as much, and then comes and gets into the starting lineup. And then now is a starter. And then now, I mean, after this game, you could say he is one of the most important players for Kansas because we don't know how long LeGerald Vick is going to be out. Um, Bill Self said that he's confident KU will get him back. Diedrich Lawson is also very confident. He said so as well that he expects to get LeGerald Vick back. But the fact of the matter is you just don't know when that's going to happen. And the fact that Ochai Abaji has now stepped up in two players' absences and taking on as much of a load as he has, I think that that has just overall really impressed me. So moving on to Diedrich Lawson's performance, a fun little fact for him, this was the sixth straight game Diedrich Lawson had made a three in. Lawson is 50% from three in his last six games. And that compares to in the first 18 games, he was six of 29 or 20%. So as of late, Diedrich Lawson has become not a sharpshooter, but we have seen what Bill Self has wanted from him all season. You saw at the beginning of the season when Diedrich Lawson was in there trying to get his feel with Yudoka Azubuke, and then without Doak, you know, he didn't shoot a ton of threes, and when he did, they were, you know, he shoot one a game, two a game. Now he's shooting three plus per game, and I think it's showing that that volume that he is shooting at that the numbers are really starting to even out because he is not a 20% three-point shooter, but he's also not a 50% three-point shooter. You know, he's probably a 35 to 40, somewhere in there. And I think that what you've seen now is the ebbs and flows of his shooting because at the start of Big 12 play, he was shooting threes and they really weren't going in and teams kind of started to not respect that as much, that three-point shot, and they started to sag off of him, and then Diedrich Lawson himself had to go into the post to get his touches instead of being on the perimeter, and that's where you saw more bodies being around Diedrich Lawson. I mean, he had some really great games with him playing more in the low post, but you could see that it started to take a toll on him because teams started to throw one, two, three bodies at him to try and slow him down, and now in the past three or four games, I think what you've seen is KU use Diedrich Lawson outside of the paint. They've moved him around a little bit more to be more of the high post guy, um, mid post, give, put him in the areas where he can make decisions and pick out passes. And, you know, then out of that mid range, he can get into his post moves or he can, you know, move it on, set screens, get, you know, pick and rolls going and then do pick and pop. You know, you can do a lot of things with Deidre Glosson. And I think that you've seen Bill Self kind of tap into that as of late. I'd also say I think Deidre Gloss, you know, 25 points, only seven rebounds. I think that KU playing that second big really took away rebounds from Deidre Clawson. Um, I mean, you saw Mitch Lightfoot got nine rebounds. I mean, David McCormick got five rebounds in his time. So I think that Deidre Lawson playing as the four-man in there isn't going to have as many of those 15-rebound games that he had earlier in the season. Not that he had a ton of those, but just those double-digit 13-14 rebound games. You may not see as much of that if KU stays in this too big look. 
So I'm just running through some other performances I thought were noteworthy. Um, Devon Dotson has been on a tear as of late, I could say. I mean, he scored double figures for the third straight game. He had four assists and no turnovers. Just overall, I thought that Devon Dotson was really good in the first half especially because when that was a really close game, Dotson brought some energy. I mean, you saw him dunk the ball in the first half after he got... Uh, a steal that led to a coast-to-coast, you know, dunk, and that was his first dunk as a Jayhawk. I thought that was kind of cool. Ochai Baji said it was okay as a dunk. He said he doesn't see Devon dunk too often, but I thought that Devon's energy on the defensive end in the first half was great. He kept it up in the second half. You know, 18 points on 6 of 10 shooting, that's pretty efficient for him, but even better, he went 5 for six from inside the three-point arc. So, you know, you haven't seen as much of Devon Dotson going to the rim and not missing the layups, but just going too aggressive and not necessarily finishing as well as he can, and we've seen him finish this season. But I thought that this performance tonight was really good from him. Quentin Grimes, I thought, was really bad in the first half. He didn't do much. I think he had one shot attempt at halftime. Um... He did not look good in the first half, and Bill Self said so after the game that that was not a pretty half of basketball for Quentin Grimes. But then in the second half, I mean, I thought that he played better. Um, He didn't play great. You know, went two of six from three. You know, he got a couple rebounds in the second half. But I thought that his activity level in general in the second half was a lot better. Um, Hopefully he can use that to rebound into TCU, which is Monday's game. But, you know, we really, it's hard to get a feel for Quentin Grimes because it feels like when you think, oh, he's on an uptick, here he comes, you know, here comes the breakthrough game, here it comes, and it just hasn't come yet. And I think that that could be something that we're left thinking for the rest of the season. Going through the bench real quick, um, Charlie Moore, I thought he had been on a little uptick the past two games, kind of reverted back a little bit in this game. You know, went 0-4 from 3, 2 of 7 from the field, only got you 4 points. He did get you an assist and one steal. So he did contribute, but it wasn't as good of a game as you saw, you know, against Texas Tech where he gets the 6 assists, even against Kansas State where he just chips in a little bit in the assist category, a little bit in the scoring category, and a little bit with his steals. But, you know, not the best performance from him, but it's not the end of the world. I think that he'll continue to get opportunities with LaGerald Vic not being on the team right now. And then also, K.J. Lawson, I thought, was a very much just a usual K.J. Lawson performance. Um, you know, one turnover, two points, one foul, um, you know, one rebound, one of three from the field. Not a ton from him. But in general, I thought that this was a positive performance for Kansas, especially without LaGerald Vic. I think overall, going forward, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do on the road on Monday because that is going to be the biggest barometer of how they're going to do for the rest of the season because after that, you really do. Kansas has a really good schedule. They don't have to go to the road to play anybody but Texas Tech and the Oklahomas. Um, you know, you don't have to go to Baylor. You don't have to go to K-State anymore. I think that you're getting into the part of the schedule now where KU is going to have to string together some wins to win this Big 12. But that's going to do it for us today on the Fog.net podcast. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of KU coverage from this Oklahoma State game and leading into the TCU game and even after that. 
as we get head down the home stretch of the Big 12 season. As always, you can follow myself on Twitter at mswain97, and you can follow Scott Chasen on Twitter at ChasenScott. And with that said, we'll talk to you Monday night. Thank you.